Now, have you ever felt the need to pursue new things in life, new interests, or considering entrepreneurship as a career path? And is it your dream to own your own business? Then you'll want to hear this encore presentation and interview of Lan Ho, who spoke at the Imagine Talks annual symposium. I'm Stephen Chan. Now, Francis, Tammy, and myself, our co-hosts for this podcast, we previously interviewed Lan Ho for our podcast, where Lan talked about her company, but we didn't really dive into the details of how she pivoted in life away from a traditional career, a stable career in pharmacy. So here's Lan Ho. Lan Ho is a Vietnamese-American entrepreneur. She's a board-certified pharmacist, and she was crowned Miss Asian Global First Princess, and she's the creator behind a sustainable personal care brand and a co-founder of Fat Milk, that's milk with two eyes, a direct trade Vietnamese coffee company sourced ethically from Vietnam. Now here is Lan Ho with her Imagine Talks interview, Focus and Alignment. Here we are, Imagine yeah. Talks 2020. Uh-huh. Welcome, Lan. Yes. You are, I believe, our 2020 Miss Asian Global First Princess. I am. Which is amazing. Yes. And you came all the way out here to visit with us from Chicago. Yes. Thank you for making that trip. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Can't wait to hear your story. I've heard a bit about it, but just before I jump into some of the questions and some of your popular life philosophies, mm-hmm. um, can you tell us a bit about yourself? where you came from, mm-hmm. how this journey of yours got started. And from there, I'd love to see where all of these insights that you have sprung from. Yeah, well, that's a loaded question. But um, yeah, just to start, I was actually born here in the Bay Area. Really? Yeah, so my family uh, essentially grew up here, you know, my siblings and I, um, you know, my parents met in Oakland, California you know, raised here until I was about five, six years old. Um, And then we moved to St. Louis, Missouri. So grew up in the Midwest, you know, humble beginnings for sure. Um, And I think just, you know, like any other Asian American first generation, I think I I kind of mimic the story of, you know, family expectations and hardworking parents who really just want their children to be successful and have a secure job. And I think that really influenced me growing up and the career choices that I made. And I think that had a ripple effect into kind of, you know, going in that direction, kind of rebelling in that direction and then where I am today. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now, and from that direction, you eventually went down the path and you became a farm D, right? Yes, Doctor of Pharmacy. Wow. Okay. Yes. And that's no small feat. That is a lot of studying and schooling right there. Yes, right? it is. So when you were on the path even as as early as say high school, undergrad, going into there, um, and I knew I'm I'm thinking a lot of this was also cultural, mm-hmm. right? And expectations from from uh society and also family. Yeah. But was there ever did you ever feel completely aligned with it or was there always something tugging at you inside that was like, I am not sure I'm totally aligned with this right now? Yeah, I think, you know, when you're young, you kind of, you know, your parents are a big, my, at least my parents were a huge influence on me. And so, you know, I think I did everything that I thought 
you know, would lead me up to success. And I think throughout that entire process, I was always, always curious. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it was always like, okay, I'm doing academia. I'm going through the process of getting these degrees, et cetera. But during that process, it was always, you know, something that I questioned. It's just like, okay, I'm doing this, but is this really something that I'm passionate about? Is this something that is going to be it for me for the rest of my life, you know? So yeah, I mean, there's so many things. I stay curious and there's always a bunch of, you know, just interest and, and other skills that I really wanted to hone in that kind of tug at my time and my energy. And so, so yeah. During that journey and, and especially when you got your farm B, yeah. was there a tipping point in that curiosity, that tugging of yours inside? that just pushed you to the point where you're like, I need to step back and have a look at what I'm doing with my life right now. And and what, what exactly was that? And how did that emerge and, and yeah. really make itself known in your presence? You know, I think there wasn't like an exact tipping point. I think I always knew what kind of woman I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. I, I knew the kind of influence I wanted to have on young women. I knew the kind of causes that I wanted to, you know, represent and spend my time doing. Mm -hmm. So I think throughout that process, it was always a question. And um, I think to answer your question, like the biggest thing that probably tugged me was just purpose, right? Mm. Like finding my purpose and finding fulfillment and where I spend my time and my energy. And so that was always a constant internal battle with me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I think at one point, once you continue to spend all your energy having, you know, that constant tug tug of war in your mind and in your heart, eventually at some point when the time comes and the circumstances presents itself, I feel like that's when I, you know, I think that's like my, my biggest message is like when those circumstances come to really trust yourself yeah. and have the self-confidence to believe in yourself to, you know, to take that step. Right. Yeah. Right. And one of the things you've also told me a lot of times I remember was, one thing that always drove you and then to this very day was that your strong sense of just curiosity, yeah. right? Just being curious about things outside of what you were mm -hmm. formally studying. Yeah. So how big of a factor is curiosity in the focus of you transitioning from being a farm D to being an entrepreneur of two companies right now? How much was curiosity a foundation for that? I think it was huge, you know, I think even when I'm in my day-to-day -day job, my nine-to-five, as Tarna says, mm -hmm. you know, throughout that entire process, it's always curiosity. You're, I'm always thinking, where else should I, what else should I be doing? You know, what other skills can I try to really, you know, have a life of fulfillment? You right. know? So it's, it, it was huge, you know. Um, I feel like people, yeah, like I'm just, in my mind, I'm just like always super curious about how, you know, like what's the next step. Me. Was there any direction in curiosity? Or do you just want to try everything? Or was there um, a certain theme in curiosity? Like, yeah, I'm curious about that, but but only if it has an impact or some sort of a link into this area. Was there a certain funnel that your curiosity was always guiding you towards? No. Yeah. Just everything out there. Yeah, I mean, I blogged. I started a retail women's clothing cool. company. Um, I obviously wanted to do Vietnamese coffee, and that obviously came to yeah. me. So Fat Milk, um, a Vietnamese coffee company that I launched about three months ago. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, I conceptualized this idea years ago, you know, and I actually incorporated it last year, mm -hmm. um, but only made small increments to actually launching the company. Mm -hmm. um, and where it is 
right now and today, you know. Um, right. On top of that, I'm about to launch another company with my pharmaceutics professor. It's a personal care, um, you know, tableting kind of approach to how we use our everyday toiletries and stuff like that. So I think, you know, for me, I just enjoy relationships. Right. I enjoy building, um, you know, those yeah, like just meaningful relationships and actually being able to do something of substance. So I think I wouldn't say like there's just one genre of like curiosity that I have. Mm -hmm. um, like it's not like just mainly tech or like just mainly, you know, beauty or whatever the case is. It's kind of all over the place. And I think that's the, one of the cool. most important things that I want to do things that I want to do. Like mm -hmm. I just want to do things that I love and interest me and it makes no rhyme or reason. And I think for a lot of you know, very um, perfectionist, you know, young first generation people, you always want to have like a timeline of like things that make sense in your life. Like get your farm date and then work. Mm -hmm. and then, yeah, like have like a rhyme or reason. And I think after a while I got over the idea of having to make sense of everything. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, screw it. I'm just going to start a Vietnamese coffee company that has no makes no sense in my life whatsoever um with where i was prior to that but right. i loved it i am interested in it i'm a huge fan of coffee and i think when you exert your love and your passion into things you see you know the, the fruits of your labor absolutely yeah now you led up to something else that i want to touch on here is that you got to the point where you're like screw it we're just going to do this that obviously has a certain level of gut feeling and instinct behind it right so did you always have a sense of trusting your instincts and, and holding in your instincts and how important was trusting and, and really listening to your inner voice for you in terms of this particular journey? Yeah, I, no, I mean, to answer your question, absolutely not. I did not trust my instincts when you're young. I almost feel like you have to grow into your instincts. Mm. Um, and I think probably within the last year or two is when I really started to reflect on myself mm -hmm. and believe that anything that I want out of life, it it's, I'm the only one that's going to be able to make that happen. Yeah. Right. And so I think it was very intentional with the way that I kind of, um, trained my mind and what I exposed myself to and who I met and those relationships that I curated, all those things and those opportunities came. Right. And that's when I really started trusting my instincts because one, I'm sure part of it is luck, you know, and right. the other part is, you know, the universe just telling you, you know, here's an opportunity. You almost like manifested it um, throughout your life. And then at some point you really have to like pull the trigger and just be like, yes. A sense of timing. Yes, I'm just going to go for it. And um, it makes sense, you know? So. so how did you deal with that sense and that fear of risk involved? Because when you, even though you have that curiosity and you learn all this knowledge, and then get to a point where you're, you finally start listening to your guts mm -hmm. and your instincts tell you, okay, this is the time to do it. It's now or never, right? Mm -hmm. How do you get past the fear of, well, this is super risky. Yeah. This is, this is, this could end my entire stable career. Yeah. And not only that, but where am I going to have, where's my social standing with my family after yeah. this, right? Yeah. So how did you deal with the fear of just that risk, just moving over you? I don't think you ever really deal with it, right? Like, I, I mean, I don't really ever think you get over it. It's more so like how you cope with that risk. Like there's always going to be a risk. I think about that all the time. And I think I'm privileged in the sense that I say, 
if I take this risk and I fail, my plan B is a six figure salary. Right. Like I am, and I'm, I'm blessed to, to, to be able to say that. But at the same time, I worked my ass off to be able to have a doctorate's degree right. and have that as a plan B. Right? Right, right. But I think the second thing also was in my mind and in my heart, I was just so annoyed with myself because I just knew I wanted to do all these things. Mm -hmm. And it's more so like, stop talking about it. Like stop like telling yourself you're going to do it one day and just like do it that feeling is never going to go away. So for me, like to mitigate that risk, it was just, I mean, I always seek to my own happiness above all, you know? So my risk is, I, you know, if I fail or win or whatever, I'll pick myself back up. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> so I got to ask you this question then. Yeah. As you were coming down that transition, inflection point in your life, and obviously I'm assuming that you didn't come right up with a business plan to your mom that said, hey, so this is how I'm transitioning out of my RMD. And I'm gonna open yeah. a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that you had a plan of first this, and then then tell them. Yeah. Right. So how did you plan that? How did you? What was what was the what and why was that was the plan that you had put in place to make this thing um, safest for you? You know, I, I think the biggest thing is that you always have to protect your dream, and I tell yeah. people that all the time. You know, so I didn't have a plan to like kind of out all of these ideas and stuff that I have because I have a lot, you right. know. And so I think going up to your parents and saying, "Hey, I want to do this and I want to do this and do blah 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 blah," it's honestly just going to stress them the heck out, you know. So for me, I and, and it's still in the works, but it's kind of like a slow progression of of where um, you know how how I transition through it. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of pharmacy, I am going back to pharmacy specifically to administer COVID vaccines. Wow. Yes. On top of all of this. On top of all of this, um, you know, I was there. There's a, a huge recruitment of pharmacists right now to sure. come and, and vaccinate the population. So, you know, I feel like as someone who holds this degree and has a yeah. skill set and the certifications, it's, it's my duty to go wow. out and, and still do that. You know, so. I still utilize it to some degree, um, so it's not like, hey, I'm totally done with this and right. I'm, you know, doing all these other things. Um, right. It's more so just finding that balance, but mm -hmm. just doing things more so because you want to and not because you feel like you have to. No, I love that, and yeah. and so you're not going back to pharmacy, at least partially pharmacy, because it's for survival. You're doing it because it is the socially responsible thing to do. Yes, that's very cool. Yeah. Now, this also all these concepts of curiosity trusting your instincts and risk also played a huge part in you becoming part of the Miss Asian Global pageant. Yes. Right? So yes. were you ever involved in the pageant prior to this? No. And so how did the curiosity and instincts <laughs> and risk play a part in you going, well, screw it, I'm going to do this too? No, absolutely. I think that's a very interesting story. So I did not grow up in pageant life, had no idea really how to navigate that industry mm -hmm. in that world. Um, and, you know, at the time when I was still a full-time pharmacist and working on launching all of these projects that I had, I actually saw um, a post by Rose Chung, the founder of mm -hmm. Asian Global. Right, right. She posted on Asian Hustle Network, so shout out to that awesome network, um, but she posted something about, you know, this pageant going virtual. You know, and it's all about women, empowerment, and adaptability and resilience. And those key words just 
naturally resonated with me. And so it caught my eye and my attention. And I think it was like four days before the deadline um, of the pageant. And I was like, I texted my sisters, like the website, I was like, do you guys think I should do this? Like, you know, I'm about to, you know, launch all these companies, blah, 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 blah. And I really want to get uncomfortable. Like that was like kind of like my thing. It was like totally out of my comfort zone. Something I've never um, have even entertained prior to it being virtual, you know? But I just, you know, thought, why not? I mean, I'm already taking a risk in in my career and all these things. Why not take a risk in like my personal life and, you know, my personal brand or, you know, advancement or whatever. And um, yeah, so it just, the way that it happened, um, the way that I saw it and how I met the deadline, like right at the cusp. (laughs) Um, And just that whole process with the criteria and everything that I fit, it was just perfect. So I applied and participated and it was probably one of the best experiences of my life. So I'm so happy so happy to hear that. Yeah. So um what has transitioning from an academic healthcare professional into an entrepreneur and also now a beauty pageant title holder, how is what has this taught you in two thousand twenty? coming in now to 2021, but what 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 was old be like and what's new be like now? Oh, that's great. Land. <laughs> Too many of you girls out there that I have to interview, but what is the new land like? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just it just taught me, you know, you're never going to see the reward until you take a risk. Um, and I think when I look back in 2020, one of the biggest themes for my life and I think for a lot of people who obviously (laughs) went through this pandemic is you know you have a certain set of circumstances and it's just a matter of what you make out of it and I think 2020 was one of the most craziest years for me ever I joined a beauty pageant I launched a career I made a career change and now that you know it's 2021 look at the direction that I've carved out for myself so Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm just like finally stepping in to the woman that I've always wanted to be. And I think I made those risks and those decisions back in 2020 to set me up for today. What advice would you give to new small businesses, startups that are coming into this whole brand new economy? So, I mean, you did something amazing. You were planning on launching your your two companies Mm -hmm. and then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And instead of going, okay, well, I guess that's not happening. You're like, all right, pivot. And it's even more successful than anyone could have imagined at this point, which is amazing. Yeah. You, you went into a pageant and won one of the top three titles, which is amazing. So what's advice you'd give is people who are trying to figure out how to reinvent themselves and mm-hmm. taking that huge step, trusting their instincts, taking that risk based on curiosity to start that new business. What is advice you give? so much um you know i think i don't know i mean this sounds really cheesy but i would just say just do it you know what i mean like i think if if 2020 taught us anything it's that nothing is certain and anything can happen you know so these are the things i've always wanted to do and i think i just reached a point where the world was just so scary and um, i think if you have an idea and you have a small business and you want to grow it in some way fashion or whatever the case is and you're scared about it don't be because if there we i mean i think we saw the worst in 2020 i think if anything um 
to have that self-confidence in yourself and that resilience, trust yourself in that process a little bit more because I truly feel that anyone who takes a risk has the, the guts to bounce back from whatever happens. So I say just do it, you know? I mean, I don't feel like it's ever really gonna go away, so. Like, just go a bit of time in the present, right? Yeah, just do it, life's too short. I love so, that. Yeah. So that's really all the time we have here. Thank you so much for coming all the way up from yes. Chicago yes. and visiting us. I hope we are, next time we meet in 2022, we have a much more public forum. And thank you again for representing this Asian Clovo uh, as its first princess and being a, such a popular role model in terms of its public health as well as entrepreneurship community. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving me the platform to share my story and continue to be a representative for um, women in business. Absolutely. Take yeah. care. Thank Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode Encore interview with Lan Ho. To learn more about Imagine Talks, go to www.imagintalks.org. Edge Interns and Mental Power Hacks supports this podcast. Edge Interns sources the best interns to the best companies. Learn more at E-D-G-E, that's edgeinterns.com. Mental Power Hacks is where you will get life hacks to boost your mental performance, productivity, and success. Connect with us at mentalpowerhacks.com. Subscribe to us and get the latest episodes of the Imagine Talks podcast, Achieving Success, Social Impact, and Overcoming Obstacles. See you next episode.